Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Sketch Watch Play. I am John Fleury. And I'm Christopher Wade. Coming through more clear than ever before, thanks to the magic of Discord. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, full disclosure, people, we've used Skype up to this point, and it has given us a boatload of technical problems. Uh, Drop connections, uh, Chris having, you know, issues with sound quality, even with, like, a great internet setup and mic and such. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it might have had to do with the fact that we did video calls all the time, but I doubt it's the sole culprit. So you Chris know, recommended me yesterday, John, let's try Discord, and I think it's already paying off. Yeah, uh, from what it sounds like, like I'm, I'm I'm able to hear you without having to put my face up really close to the screen and not hear you go, eh, and, but, but, and me... <laughs> It, no, don't do that. <laughs> there was and I, a, uh, you, and I think you probably noticed on our Transformers episode, uh, there's a part where each like froze for each other. Yeah. So on my end, in the final episode, it sounds like you go, it, it, are you frozen? <laughs> that was actually, yeah. uh, I, I, the most hilarious things I've ever heard like that on other podcasts are uh, once on Generation Animation, Felipe had something that made it him slow down. So oh. it was him going, so Dave. <laughs> I, I do remember that. Oh, oh you heard God. that. It was the Scooby-Doo WWE yeah, yeah, race. Yeah. And um, another one I love, the first podcast I ever listened to, Anime World Order, there's an episode where just the beginning, the female co-host had something happen, so her vocals got chipmunked. Mm. So she was. they were like, uh, you sound very off. And she was like, I don't know. And no. they were just losing their shit. Yeah, I'm. I'm very glad that so far I'm able to hear you clearly. Let's let's uh, let's stick with this for a while. Yes, assuming <laughs> yes. he doesn't crash on us or blow up my computer or anything. Yeah, um, yeah. But re- so we've got a. It's been a pretty uh, straightforward two weeks for me at least. Uh, anything uh, interesting going on with you lately, or, uh, or, or anything you've seen? Well, uh, I have. I did see Wonder Woman. Pretty. We're recently. gonna get to that in just a second. But uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just say up front real quick. Um, I I have a new game and movie I would recommend to people. the The Crash Bandicoot remakes are real fun. Uh, mm. Obviously, it helps if you were a fan of them already. But they did a really nice job. Doing the graphics are amazing in it, uh, and they're still quite fun. Very hard, but uh, I, I've definitely been hearing. I, I've been seeing a good deal of love for the new Crash. Uh, um, for a new Crash game that's come out, like Twitter's been been pretty happy the about reviews it. Reviews have been better than I expected too. And you know what? I this is probably a good chance for me to jump in because you know I really I really wasn't a big Crash Bandicoot fan aside from the commercials where he where he's like uh, the like, guy in the suit, which they yeah, brought the back. Guy in the suit, and he, <laughs> you're hurting my arm. I'm like, who snake, is this guy? <laughs> Clear the Ariel. Scared off. <laughs> but um, uh, no, I mean, those. did you not like the games when you played them? Yeah, that that's essentially what it was. Well, it, like I was still in my Mario Sonic phase and Okay. I mean knowing, yeah, if your tastes haven't changed, your opinion's gonna be the same. They didn't alter the gameplay in the slightest. Oh, well my 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 horizon's been broadened since I was a wee lad. So <laughs> I mean back then oh. I was like, This isn't Mario or Sonic. I didn't want a purple dragon in my face. I hate this. What what is Bandicoot? I don't want any of this shit in my life. So they, they followed the second pattern of oh nobody knows what Echidna is. Let's go with that. Yeah, basically, and like m- like me who had like a big book of animals was, was like I don't see a Bandicoot anywhere. They're making this up. Nope. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just really obscure. But yeah, they're, no, they're fun games. Um, and I feel what I was going to say about them. Uh, oh, you mentioned I was going to make a segue because you said Horizon. I can't believe I'm reading this, but apparently, at least in the UK, it's the biggest. Like single little title exclusive launch of the year so far. You're talking about uh, uh, a crash. 
Oh, really? I know. I can't believe it. I was. I hoped it would do well, but it's done real well. Oh, wow. Um, That's which amazing. gives me hope because, uh, one, I think they even said, like, this was, yeah, this kind of is testing the water to see if anybody's interested in a new entry. Yeah. Uh, and two, maybe that'll tell them let's do some Spyro remakes, too. I yeah. Would, I would be up for that. I actually liked Spyro more than Crash back in the day, so I'm hoping that Same. him... I hope that him being tethered to Skylanders wouldn't prohibit it. Best case scenario, yeah. they can keep both around. Yeah, same here. Though I wasn't really big on either of those games, I still oh, preferred the look of Spyro. Oh, um, oh, me more the gameplay, but yeah. I, they, they were both very fun. Um, and also, But also, I think we had mentioned this like before Ukulele came out, that we were kind of hoping that recent renewed interest in developers and 3D platformers could encourage people to make more. And yeah. I still don't know if Ukulele sold well, but this sold well could mean good avenues regardless yeah i still haven't seen official numbers for ukulele um but i mean i'm i'm there there there's hints well, towards the sequel playtonic has still been very communicative about like they're they're right now they're plugging away on uh, getting the switch port done and doing yeah. more patches so it's not like they're going out of business or anything but yeah uh, and i and i played a little bit of it um i wasn't i wasn't blown out the water from ukulele um, I did have those good vibes from yeah. That oh, we talked about it. Me and Colin, yeah. and I wasn't blown about it, but I really liked it. Um, yeah, yeah. So hopefully they get another shot and they can refine it even more. Uh, yeah. And so, but yeah, I I, I recommend the Crash Dash uh, remakes. I'm actually gonna do a video on them soon, but uh, we'll talk more about videos in a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing I want to recommend real quick is I've been wanting to get out and see more movies that aren't just blockbusters lately. Uh, yeah. So when I saw my local like art house theater was playing a movie called The Big Sick. I went and saw it. Have you heard about that movie? I've, I've heard of it, but I, I don't think I've seen it. It's great. Um, do you know anything about it? No. It is uh, kind of a semi-biopic because it's an actual thing that happened. Uh, it is written and stars uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who is on Silicon Valley. He's on a lot of stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in the new Mass Effect. He's he's a kind of a rising name who – this is what actually happened. He's, he's a um, Pakistani-born guy whose family moved to America in his teens – and mm-hmm. he's doing a stand-up and meets a girl who things get along with well, but there's some culture clashes. He doesn't want to tell his family about her. And then she gets sick and is put in a medically induced coma. So he ends up trying to spend time with her parents, played Ooh. by uh, Holly Hunter and Ray Romano, both wonderfully. And it's it's the very definition of a dramedy. A lot of funny stuff, uh, some really emotional stuff. I actually – I'll just cut to the quick – it was great. It was a wonderful, wonderful movie. Gotcha. Very okay. funny, very sweet. I actually teared up at one point, um, and it's one of the best review movies of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope it does well financially. I mean, it doesn't have a huge budget, but I hope it can it can catch on. You know, as as, as turns as those kind of movies go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope it gives Nanjiani future opportunities. Uh, I like him even more now because I went on Rotten Tomatoes. He did his top five movie list, and one of them is Iron Giant. Oh, my kind of guy. You found a friend. That's awesome. I got a friend in Nanjiani. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but since I uh, cut you off earlier, uh, I think we have both seen Wonder Woman now. Whoever you are, you are in more danger than you think. Be careful, Diana. If no one else will defend the world, then I must. Yeah, and it was pretty sweet. It, it was. It was good. Um, yeah. Full disclosure, I. I think this is another example of kind of what I mentioned with uh, Mad Max for, for me in that I don't think it's one of the 
greatest things ever, but I did have a good time with it. Yeah, it definitely isn't the second coming of superhero movies as I'm hearing a few people claim it to be. Yes, but it's but, the bright, the shining star of the DCEU. Yeah. That in probably helped its reception. In this current iteration of the of the DC uh, of DC comic book films, this is up there. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely blows uh, Man versus Steel or whatever Batman of Man, man versus Steel. <laughs> definitely blows those other two uh, movies out the water. And, and Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. That, damn, I haven't even seen Suicide. Squad. I still haven't either, but I've heard so little good. And actually, I think I've said it before. I did like Man of Steel, but it wasn't deep. Uh, yeah. This has a little more substance to its story and themes. Yeah, but Wonder Woman, all right, I, I hear a lot of people give it a lot of flack for the exposition that happens in a movie. But I, me being the kind of kind of person that actually likes exposition when it's done well, this handles it pretty well. Are you talking I, about the opening act? Yeah. With, I, that uh, actually was my one of my biggest problems. Uh, it did feel a little like less plot, more setup. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, I guess I had a weird Windows 10 review privacy settings. Uh, anyway, but um, it wasn't bad. And I didn't think the movie was bad, but I was like, you're not really getting. You're, it's hard. It's it, it is tricky to nail both exposition and plot progression at the same time. If you focus too much on one or the other, it won't work. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I got, I knew as soon as I saw uh, what's her what's her name, Robin White or Robin Wright. As soon as I saw Robin Wright in that film, I was like, "She's gonna die. She's tough as nails." And, and you're just saying badass. no spoilers, no spoilers. Oh, 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 oh! Right, right, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's a half hour in, so it's not the worst spoiler you can do. Well, oh yeah, okay. Um, I, don't get me wrong; she has a lot of badass parts, but that is the first act is essentially, you know, exposition, and I didn't mind it. I I don't know that much about Wonder Woman in the first place. Same. So when I'm watching it, I'm like, this is fine. This, I didn't know until like- just the Justice League cartoon that she's basically the DC Thor. Yeah, basically. I thought and she was really- just a woman who had like good weapons or something. Like, no, yeah, she's like I- basically a demigoddess. Mm-hmm. Can you pause really quick? I gotta go abuse these cats really quick because one of them's acting a fool. One sec. Please stand by. Up like on a printer and started clawing at the curtains in the window, <laughs> and then. He knows that drives me crazy, so I'm like, yes, <laughs> I have to cats, get up. And cats try- are by nature assholes. Yeah, so I'm, uh, so as soon as I get up, he stops and tries to run away. So I like, I get a hold of him. I'm like, you need to stop and chill out. And Simba just freaks out, like, Daddy, no, please. <laughs> I hate it when Daddy and sibling fight. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but we're talking about um, we're talking about Robin Wright dying, and mm-hmm. uh, oh, you know, it's 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 funny. Uh, before I saw the movie, there was a. Uh, there was a review somewhere or editorial I think it was on like Kotaku or something and mm-hmm. he got flack because the guy was talking about uh, you know it, it was one of those essays where people were talking about you know what it means for feminist movies because it's, it's the biggest hit with like a uh, superhero female and a female director which is good yeah. but he was also he had a weird part where he was like let's all admit how uncomfortable we felt in that first act when it was just nothing but women and half the comments were dude that says more about you than the rest of us yeah I'll <laughs> Uh, I was perfectly fine yeah. with this. Yeah. I, no, I, I, my issue was the expedition dump. I, I knew going in like, yeah, yeah, show us the Amazon tribe. That's cool. Um, I think most people are like that. But, you know, that guy was just, he was trying to be progressive and he showed his own. <laughs> As a, how uncomfortable were you? I'm like, this is an island full of women. I'm not uncomfortable at all. No, I, I, I got some eye candy and some good stories <laughs> and stuff that sums up women. Yeah. Um, but. So outside of the outside of the uh, first act, I, the movie did pick up for me once uh, 
what's the Chris Evans character? Not Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Um, Steve yeah. entered the picture, and they went to London. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the movie started to take, gain some steam. It has some good humor. It has some good shots. Um, and it, it, I think the thing that people like about it that the other DC movies have been missing, it has heart. It definitely does. Like, uh, the other DC movies always um, always try to hit these very specific moments where you're supposed to feel how legendary these characters are. Yeah. And uh, even though that from far and away, they don't <laughs> they don't really seem like they're having fun being heroes. Like They've been Soup, emphasizing the spectacle too much. Yeah. Soup's always feels like in Man vs. Steel, I, I didn't really come away feeling like I'm empathetic towards him or I, I felt like a sort of kinship with him. He always seemed the kind of bored or I have to do this because my dad died or something. Uh, and the same with Batman, though. He was a little bit more relatable when it came yeah. to... Oh, well, Batman. Batman's almost always like that. Yeah, yeah. Not even those movies. But with Wonder Woman, she wants to be a hero. Like, that's... I mean, And I hate to say it like this, but that's so damn refreshing. It's archaic. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, because we see this all the time in Saturday morning cartoons where I'm going to be a hero or I'm going to be a master or something like that. Anime. <laughs> Yeah, but when it comes to like our superhero films, we always either have like uh, a, meg- a megalomaniac who suffers an injury or who's brought through bad times to really mm-hmm. open his eyes, or we have some other reluctant hero who just has to do it, who has to be like, who has to go out for some revenge story, or has to be has to be plopped in the middle of a situation before they can awaken their right. uh, their hidden heroism. But for Wonder Woman, she's like. I want to do this. I want to be a hero. Yeah. I want to learn how to fight. And you actually, I, that old comparison you make actually kind of ties to, because obviously many people have compared this to uh, First Avenger, the first Captain mm-hmm. America, because yeah. of its period piece setting. Granted, it's World War One instead of two, But that actually ties into, like, one of the reasons I love that movie so much and Steve Rogers in general is that his entire motivation is about doing right. Yeah. Um, I, and it kind of creates, is, is the key factor in creating the Captain America persona and his legacy. Yeah, um, and, and actually, we, even though I do love First Avenger, there's one thing I think this movie does straight up better, which is that when they give her and Steve this band of other soldiers, you get to know them. Yeah, because First yeah. Avenger had a bunch of guys where it was like, "Here's a French guy, here's a Japanese guy, here's a guy with the bowler hat," and we're not going to mm-hmm. tell you anything about them. This is like, no, they all have their own little quirks, insecurities, backstories, yeah. and it's really now, cool. Now, now I do wish that we had a little bit more time with them towards the end because, I mean. First act one was great, and 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 when I say that um, Gal Gadot, how, how do you say her name? Say I her think name? it's Gal Gadot. That? Yeah, Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman. I was a little, I was a little worried at first because she's not the, she's not my idealized uh, view of what Wonder Woman is supposed to be. I always imagine Wonder Woman to be big and stocky like Xena, yeah. Warrior Princess. When she was first announced, people were like, she's too skinny. Yeah, but I mean, she brings the she brings she brings the heart of of Wonder Woman to the screen, yeah. and when uh, when she's like training and getting better, and obviously getting much better uh, with each fight, like that that really got me excited. I was like, this is so good, <laughs> this is so much fun, and and then Act Two happened, and she's in no man's land, and yeah. oh my god, the movie peaked at that point. I was like, this is but most people's this- favorite part is the whole trench. That whole yeah. extended action, and it is really good. It is so good, and, and there's just so much heart and, and optimism in it. And uh, people, I don't want to say people. the 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 trend in Hollywood is to make grim, 
anti-hero movies where, grr, I have to fight, and now it's time right. to be me. As we touched on, she's like, yeah. in the lead up, up to that, she's like, we got to help all these people, and they're having to stress for, like, you, we can't help every person if we want to win this war. And she's like, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's what a hero does. Yeah. It's not, a hero isn't, isn't like, you just take the world as it comes. A hero's like, watch me prove you wrong. Yeah. I and love I think, that shit. I think Chris Pine deserves some credit, too, because I really liked him and uh, the character yeah. of Steve in this. Uh, he he was the source of a lot of the heart, especially uh, later on. And mm-hmm. we actually should delve into. I think we should. We 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 were hoping to talk a little bit about the end because I think we have conflicting views on it. So uh, spoilers for the last act of One Woman, Chris. Uh, why were you a bit soured on the last uh, the whole finale? Man, it really felt rushed, just right from jump. Mm-hmm. Um, because I could, I um, I me being in video production, I can kind of feel when the act three happens. And a lot of movies. If they're done really well, it, it's it's very seamless. Mm. But as soon as the scene with Gal and Chris Pine, that particular scene, uh, when you know what I'm talking about, where where stuff happens, right when the right, right when nighttime falls and the real shit begins, is it when he tells makes that like last plea to her? No, 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 no. It's when um, it's when they dance. It's when oh. they dance, and that scene ends. And right when they're in the forest and they're about to like go into that building, that's when Act Three starts. And, oh, I thought it was uh, when they went to that base for the whole last showdown. Was no, uh, that t- it ties into it, but that's where it begins. Okay. And and that particular showdown with the final baddie. Uh, look, let's let's be honest. <laughs> the movie tries to pull a bait and switch. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. This is the bad guy. Oh no, not really. This was the bad that guy. The entire actually, time. was an issue I had where it was like, um, because there's that part. So like that, the actual the actual fight she does have with the head German guy is brief, yeah. but it's really awesome. It is. Um, it is cool. And of course, then she kills him quick, and I'm like, okay, what's left? That can't be it. And it, but so when Arius showed up, I was kind of like scratching my head because when the movie was started, I was thinking. Okay, maybe they are building this as it went on. Like Chris Pine is stressing to her, like Ares is not the automatic cause of everything. People can be bad on their own, and yeah. like that's hammering home the central theme of it. I'm like, okay, yeah, it would, that would make sense. Maybe they can save Ares for another movie, but then it is like, nope, it was him all along. It yeah. was a real have their cake and eat it too moment. And I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you, I I had a really strong feeling it was that mustache twirly guy too. Like, was, was it David Thewlis? Uh, uh, the guy, the Harry Lupin. Potter guy? Yeah, Lupin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I had a pretty good inkling, it was and him. I did not. Uh, as soon as I saw him on screen, I was like, okay, there can only be two villains. If this movie, I, it's it'd be really too on the nose if they if they make I, if they try to make that other guy the one who's like breathing all the, the puppet master. He, yeah, he gets all super strong from breathing all that heroin, and <laughs> it'd be really on the nose if they try to make him the villain. So I'm going with mustache twirly guy. And you were right. And I was right. I'm surprised um, you can catch up on it because I'm usually really good. At, like when I saw Big Hero Six, I called who the villain was when he was first on yeah. screen. Like yeah. I'm really good yeah, at that. That, that this, wasn't a really good. That wasn't a very good bait and switch either. No, it was a good movie though. I want to talk yeah. about Big Hero Six. Someday. Yeah. Um, um, but having said that, when I, uh, man, it was such a downer <laughs> by yeah. that point because I really wanted the movie to really explore that theme of, you know. There could be a, 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 an unseen spiritual force that is causing people to act, but what could be worse is that it's just us. Yeah, that that would be something that, and that's what it feels like the movie's building up to. So yeah. it's kind of odd. I I would have been like I said, I would have been fine with them saving Ares for a, a, a sequel that presumably going to get at some point. 
Yeah. We know, if, like, they confirm, yeah, he exists in this world, but this this particular conflict doesn't have to be him. Yeah, it definitely, and that final fight, personally, I felt it was very messy. Just, I, I actually really liked it. <laughs> okay. I know. Uh, I, th- I do think I'm in the minority in this because I've heard a lot of similar complaints, but I think well, I liked it because I actually did feel some investment in it because it did tie into the plot and character motivations. Mm-hmm. Um and you know this kind of I, I I know I've seen other stuff. I always have I do enjoy when like you have like these these people going after the internet. And one of them's talking about like why do you want to defend these people? And mm-hmm. it comes down to yeah they're capable of shitty stuff, but I've seen them do wonderful stuff, and that's yeah. that's always very heartwarming. That's definitely what what Diana goes through in the end. And I, and I like that aspect of that fight. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's just everything it just, else. Well, well, it felt very. It felt like if I was a kid and I was so excited about this giant fight scene that I just rambled everything off <laughs> as it came to mind. Like, what if, what if Ares like took all the metal around him and he made it into like the, 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 like a giant giant suit of armor? Then yeah. he's really Ares, and then, then 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 he takes his missile and he throws it at Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman oh. explodes into a whole bunch of missiles, and Wonder Woman's like, I got this giant missile. And then he throw it. And then, I saw. Oh, by the way, I saw the movie with a cousin of mine, and one she uh, she actually agreed with me that Gal Gadot was hotter than than uh, Chris Pine in it, uh, and two. <laughs> She said when they showed the flashback of Ares, you know, when he's giving his life story, she's like, wait, he had the British mustache even back then. <laughs> Everyone has said that. Everyone has said that. <laughs> he, 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 oh, you know what? He's the one who made it fashionable. His it subtle so, influences. It is so silly. <laughs> Why? At the very least, fix that. Because it, it is so silly seeing that in, in Greek god mythos. Like, <laughs> just seeing like all all the Greek gods and Zeus with his mighty angelic it, beard and the twirly mustache man. It's almost as bad as when they do movies set in like Nazi Germany and just make everybody British. Like <laughs> I heard people complain when they did that Tom Cruise movie Valkyrie. Uh, the Nazis were all just British. Mm-hmm. Oh, like oh, okay. uh, I don't think you know how that war went. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's uh wow. Yeah. Man, Valkyrie. Wow, I missed that completely. No, Jesus. I didn't see it. I just remember yeah. reviews and stuff. But it's one um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, having said that, one sec, my computer just died on me. Oh no! No, no, it's fine. Um, uh, so, having said that, um, I do think the movie overall is very, very good. I have my very, I have very personal um, feelings about the third act. I, I don't want to say personal, but those are my opinions about you it. Have, yeah, you, you have but, opinions. Yeah, but having said that, if if you're waiting for a D, for a good legit DC film. That's pretty good. Tight on, that's tight on narrative, and you don't feel like hearing people rag on BVS or Man of Steel if that's your thing. Give Wonder Woman a shot. Yeah. Because- also important about this, there is basically nothing about this that's just setting stuff up for future movies. Um, no. You know what? Um, that's refreshing. It it is kind of refreshing. There were there were a couple points, but they were very small. Where Mainly I the saw, bookends. It, well, yeah, it was like at the top where the where the van comes in. You're like oh, that license stuff. plate says Justice League on it. Aha! But that's really it. Wonder Woman really stands on its own, and you don't really need to see it to see Justice League or vice yeah. versa. It's kind of the um, same same thing with the first Avenger because it's so set so far before everything. They kind of can't really force it, even if they want to, for the most part. I gotta admit, though, um, it was really, really stupid of me to uh, figure this out until much later. Uh-huh. And this kind of says more about how, uh, what I was, tr- what I was trying to get from this movie personally. But I really thought she was fighting Nazis at first. Like I really, <laughs> I, I really thought this was World War Two. I really did. 
Um, okay. And when someone said, no, Chris, it's World War One," I. I was like, shit, you're right. Wait, I, did you think I. this while the movie was happening? Yeah, well, I was so constant. Well, see, I was so I was I was having so much fun that my logic brain didn't kick in. <laughs> yeah, there was and no was mention like, of Hitler, no swastikas. It, it, yeah, yeah. I was like, there's no Hitler in this. There's no swastikas. No Where's axis. the atomic bomb? <laughs> Like, like those were questions in the back of my head, but I was still like, all right, where's the bait and switch that you're trying to make me feel movie? Like, I, I was I was trying to be in front of the movie and, and be like, I gotcha. And really, gotcha. it was in front of you. Yeah, and the movie was like, but it's World War One, you dingus. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, we should probably get to our main topic, but I guess we will we'll both say, like, yeah, we both have issues with Wonder Woman, but it's overall pretty solid film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're interested in seeing it, you probably have already. But maybe whenever, it also whenever it's on on like Blu-ray or streaming, yeah, give it a watch. It's good. Yeah, it's it's really fun. You're gonna have a good time. You're gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that South Park quote doesn't doesn't work as well when you change uh, bad to good. Hi, I'm Leslie Fitchett. Are you fortunate enough to have the snazziest new machinery in your house, but unfortunate enough to have it break on you? So our main topic today, this is actually, uh, leave it to Chris, he picked something really unique. Uh, and we're actually, I think, actually, actually, I did talk to you recently, another one we're going to do re- soon is also pretty unique compared to our previous subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, you know, we're both artists, writers, animators. Instead of just talking about, you know, stuff other people have talked about, why don't we discuss our own uh, projects, both yeah. both finished and upcoming, which in my case is almost all upcoming. So I, I've had kind of like three things on and off going. Uh, I'll get uh, two of them, the two smaller ones out of the way. One thing that people do know me for uh, is back in the day mainly, I did a bunch of little flash short space on the WarioWare games. Feast your eyes on the greatest thing to ever come to this town. Straight from the Mushroom Kingdom comes a man who is strong, suave, stylish, and all around super. Okay. Yeah, I remember you showing me those when um when me and Serena made that trip up to school. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, I think I showed you a little bit of the latest one. Like yeah. now, keep in mind, I did the first one back in like 2004, so uh, <laughs> they're very cringy. I, this was like a teen just learning writing yep. animation. If but I, you know, if, dude, if I were there, I would put my hand on your shoulder and be like, dude, I feel you. Yeah, we've all been. There. I think anybody like us has all been there. Um, and you can find them online on Newgrounds and uh, some other. Another person uploaded the old ones to YouTube. Also, they're called WarioWare Tuned. You know, it's a play on how they were like WarioWare Twisted, WarioWare Touch. And actually, and he, and he, the, one interesting thing is about those is that. I actually still do want to do more with them, but it's kind of becoming more of a like I have a new one that's like halfway done, but I put it on hold to do finish a promo short for the main thing we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have an idea of like alternating between them and then stopping Wario after a few more episodes. But there is still stuff I want to do with that because I actually I love that franchise's like style and the yeah. character concepts are so much fun. And Nintendo does like nothing with them. Yeah, so. yeah. And you know, uh, back in the day when those were starting to hit the scene, like yeah, when they were I making them, them regularly, and I was like, this is kind of neat. And then did not. Well, I played one, and I was like super and didn't put it down which one was it uh, i forget which one i think it was smooth moves okay Um, yeah uh, and i noticed that he that wario had like a giant cast of characters and i was like cool he has his own little world now this is neat and weird and 
I think the neat thing about perfect. it is it's it it feels nothing like the Mario games. Yeah, and and I think that's what kind of rubbed me wrong. Like that's what I'm, I like about it. It's yeah, distinct. yeah. Up till like Mario Odyssey was the only place to find new human characters, and apparently it's because it originally was going to uh, envisioned as an original franchise, but they said mm-hmm. let's give it a recognizable character to sell it. Yeah. Now at the time, now at the time when the WarioWare series started to become its thing. Um, I was I was very arm crossed about it. Like this isn't Mario at all. I don't when you think about it, it's the raving rabbits of Mario games. Yeah, it really is. And I honestly should have given it more of a shot because it's really uh, now that I'm a little bit more uh, now that I'm a little bit more aware of what Nintendo's trying to do um, as far as you know trying to make more. Uh, bizarre kind of um, kind of game. It is and, their most Japanese yeah. franchise. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I still need to be able to be more accepting of new things instead of being very resilient to change. Well, Chris, <laughs> the rabbits are always. God damn it! Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, like the the WarioWare kind of franchise, they haven't done it with, and they they haven't done anything with it no. for a little bit. But the, the last one was Game and Warrior for Wii U, which wasn't really it was it wasn't very good. It was also just it was a generic bunch of like tech demo mini games they pasted the WarioWare series into. Yeah. It was not a wa- actual game, and I'm hoping that I'm surprised there's nothing they've done nothing with it for smartphones. It feels yeah. like such a perfect fit for like you know short attention span kids. It and really I'm hoping does. the Switch will get something at some point, but uh, we're still waiting. Okay, but but speaking of the cartoons, it's just. Yeah, it's just it's fun to have all these little characters with just crazy concepts and personalities. Like, uh, besides Wario himself, who I like Wario more than Mario because he has more personality. He really kind of does. He's That's just for sure. an, an asshole. He doesn't care if you think he's an asshole. He thinks he's of, great. He's all about the money. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of waiting. Like, there's there's a bunch, not a bunch, but there have been some like some some fan concepts out there for like the next. Mario and Luigi told kind of game. Yeah, Wario yeah. And Waluigi. Yeah, Wario, Wario and Waluigi uh, partners in crime. Yeah, and I kind of want to see that. Like, I, yeah, it'd be really interesting. I keep hoping that like the main, well, I think like Mario main games or sports games will acknowledge the spinoff series more because there's also Wario, Yoshi, and Donkey Kong. Um, yeah. And they generally, the characters that originate from those franchises get like no representation outside of yeah. them. But you, but you went and made some fan animations on that on yeah. Newgrounds. And honestly, like growing up, I um, I didn't really visit Newgrounds that often. Like it was like it felt like the cool hip place to be. And I was just like, I don't I don't know. Do cool. When hip I first things. found about it, I was like eleven or twelve, and I was scared because of how raunchy <laughs> it was. I was like, this will get me in trouble. But yeah. then, like in high school and college, I was way into it, and I still check it out every now and then. Well, I, I grew up in a very well, not very, but I I, I grew up in a in a moderately conservative household. So mm-hmm. uh, Newgrounds, the stuff from Newgrounds was was Off pretty. Yeah, it was on my grandmother's radar, uh, so it was like, you better not be on that new grounds, or yeah. it's like the faces of death. So I'm like, but well, it's not, though. No. But, <laughs> like, uh, that's but, such a d- leap. Yeah, but just, uh, we, don't, we don't want to dwell too long on just Wario, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. the fun thing is, the thinking, like, from a story and character perspective, how these guys would play off each other, which I've continued to do as I've learned more about writing. Like, uh, I think two of my favorites to write are, but first off, their concept is really goofy. Cat uh, and Anna, or Anna, does, which is, they're ninjas who are also, like, five. Um, yeah. 
And I, I, I'm such a WarioWare fan. I actually would look in like the manuals for little glimmers of character, you know, information. And I got mm-hmm. that. Oh, one of them's kind of bossy. They're kind of shy. And like, okay, we'll oh. play with off that with how they act around each other. Uh, mm-hmm. And other ones like that. One of my favorites, Doctor Krygor, who's this uh-huh. weird looking, uh, bald old dude with like a jump tight jumpsuit and some cybernetic parts. Yeah. Uh, just fun playing with that because like. In one game, you find out he sleeps on top of a toilet. Mm-hmm. Just and I do like half the voices in it. Uh, yeah. I'm not the I'm not a particularly good voice actor, but I still have fun doing it. like with Cry or I talk like <laughs> this, and then I slow the pitch by about twenty percent to sound older and deeper. I don't know. I kind of like it. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I, some, sometimes I think I, they come out all right. Sometimes I don't. But it's whatever. And um, and like I said in the past, you know, finding other people to do the voices and actually the girl who I got for Cat Anna and uh, Nine Volt. The I love Nine Volt because he's like a fourth wall breaking character because he's mm-hmm. a Nintendo fan. <laughs> um, and of course, the the big fan favorite is Ashley, the little goth witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kind of Nintendo's answer to Lydia Dietz when you look at her design, gotcha. um, and so it's like she plays all four of them, and now she's doing some really big stuff. Uh, and there's going to be more with that. I actually, so I'm working on one episode right now that's like the idea of like the games never say like how Wario met all these people. So let's do a little story about that. And the one I want to do after that, um, I don't know how I got the idea, but that'd be funny. Uh, which is uh, a bunch of them going to court and becomes like an Ace Attorney parody. Hmm. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm still a big fan of it, the franchise, and I still want to do more with it. I, I sometimes when I put videos on YouTube, I get commenters still saying, "When's the new Wario coming out?" Like yeah. it does have something of a fan base, which both surprises and really humbles me. Um, you know, you know what? It's kind of like me and and button mashers. It's that's. Oh, you still I, get I some still, people asking about it. I still get some people asking it's about cool, it. It's cool, isn't it? Friends. I have fr- I I get strangers asking me about it on 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 the internet. Yeah, I have friends who just come up to me and be like, "Okay, so now that you have your other show done, or now that you have your other film thing done, where is Button Mashers, Chris?" And I'm like, "God, please, I'm trying." Uh, me, it's just the internet because most of the people I showed to the two back when I was making are like family members. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you'll, I'll, 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 when there's more done, I'll talk about it. And the other thing is that I actually have started, uh, and you were linking to it, I'm finally getting going with doing like YouTube uh, review and list videos. Yeah. Uh, I just did an, uh, a top five uh, things from E3 this year. And I when the, the, the gimmick I had going forward is that it's going to be like an animated me uh, when it shows me instead of just a webcam, which is not an exclusive concept. There are plenty of other people you can see do it, but I want to try to yeah. put a little more. Like when I, most of the time when I see people do it, like their mouths don't move. There's a few stock poses. And I get yeah, it. I've it takes time. But I'm like, I, I think I could budget like some poses to reuse, uh, know when to cut away. And yeah. one thing I know that it, outside I, I, hang on, the one thing, I, uh, another side I used to love, uh, Spill, which I mentioned briefly with, uh, when Tyler was on, uh, that was their gimmick with their reviews. They would show like flash animated version of themselves talking about movies, but they would do webcam videos where it was their cartoon selves with the, uh, their lips covered by the, by the laptop screen. Yeah. So it could just be them talking about whatever. And that'd be something I could do for like smaller editorial type videos. Uh, and which we brought up earlier, the first thing I'm doing is I'm recording footage and writing a review for the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Ah, cool. And I also mentioned to you, I think what I want to do after that, and this is kind of happened by chance, is I've kind of been on a Sonic kick. So we're getting close to uh, Minion Forces. And yes. I started playing uh, 
the PC version of Generations, not only does it run awesome, like 60 FPS, high res, but uh, people figure out how to mod it. And uh, I want to do a video about all the both awesome and just crazy mods, like different levels, different characters, different features. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. That that would be fun. Like I'm 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 pretty stoked to see it. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, you're. Like, I, we're gonna have that Sonic talk fairly soon, definitely. I think. Definitely. Um, but but when you met, when you mentioned like uh, you see a lot of YouTubers who are just using like. Um, just like a still image of yeah. like their yeah. character pose. Yeah. In a lot of ways, that kind of works. But it's um, good for time. Uh, well, yeah, but only if uh, only if they kind of like vary up the poses. Um, yeah, uh, it's like uh, say like uh, uh, how how Aaron does his Eagle Raptor with his sequelitis um, sequelitis videos. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to be super expressive. Actually, I haven't watched sequelitis. Uh, Eagle Raptor, oh, I've seen good. seen of his like actual animations and game grumps, but not sequelitis. Sequel Light is really fun. Oh. Uh, it's it's surprising hearing hearing Aaron like uh, and shout some knowledge <laughs> into uh, into video I, games. He's a smart guy about games. Yeah, not, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah, but um, like I, I would like to see more uh, more people like try um, try doing like try working with their poses and expressions a bit more yeah, instead of yeah. using like static fl- static flash characters that you can basically just see in the thumbnail. Static like, JPEGs. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's like, yeah. yeah Mine is going to be animated and um. No, I mean, to be fair, uh, we know this, but not everybody knows this. Look, it doesn't matter how simple your cartoon looks. Doing any sort of actual animation takes a lot of time. It does. It really <laughs> Especially does. Especially if you do it with, like, conventional frame-by-frame frame for drawing, any sort of stop motion. Even CG. Like, yes, that fills in the motions for you, but you still got to tweak that, and you got to intricately model and text test everything. Yeah. You um, still so, have the... You still have to build and stage the poses. Yes, there. there's so much work no involved figure. in any sort of animation. And so like, that's why figure. for what I'm doing, I use uh, Toon Boom, which is very much like Flash. And that is, you know, kind of cut out puppet rig animation where you can, for those who don't know how that works, you can kind of, you have a timeline with layers, kind of like Adobe Premiere, and you can do different drawings in each layer and connect them to each other. So it's like, here's, if I do a character, here's one for the mouth, here's one for the head, here's one for the arm, here's one for the hand. And you yeah. can individually like, all right, move it to from this frame to this frame, this way rotate this way and one really great thing is drawing substitution so like for my mouth i don't have to redraw the mouth each time i can just one time draw a different shape mouth shape and like then click for each frame and be like okay switch to this one reuse reuse um yeah it's kind of the same I principles and you look at like, like old like the earliest of tv animation like Hanna barbera they had no money to work with so they would like you would see a lot of the same poses and mouth shapes because that was efficient yeah and a, a modern day example would be something like my little pony which I think uses Toon Boom Harmony now. Um, I, instead maybe. Of, yeah, instead, instead of Flash like it used to. Um, and even though there is some um, there is some frame-by-frame animation that he put into. Yeah, it's mostly um, twins. Yeah. It's, but, uh, and they and still it does, have, I, I'm not a brony. I, I actually, I, I'm completely indifferent to the show as it's at yeah. its own in the brony movement, but it does it does look pretty nice from a visual standpoint. Yeah. Like, they they yeah, know what they're doing. I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited about the movie. I'm not even going to apologize. I, I watched the trailer. Like it does have some very nice. Uh, it's a genuine visual upgrade. Okay, can I can I just give like a very very small tangent here? Like no. whoever is animating like the full frame animation, like the animation like entirely on that trailer. Um, but whoever's animating the villains, holy shit, they have the villains look fucking awesome. I like. I actually like the Michael Pena sidekick you see in that trailer uh, oh okay but, yeah he's the uh the, the the porcupine guy whatever he is but he's like oh i love pie but i like michael yeah. pena so um but also <laughs> no my main takeaway from that trailer is that i want the song they use in it it's not out because uh, apparently it's made for the movie uh, i'm cool. not gonna see the movie but i want that song yeah but uh, anyway in like terms of animation like even 
even something like My Little Pony. I mean, people give animation a bad rap. This shit takes time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's even the better looking ones take time. That's uh, that's absolutely right. Right, but um, so yeah, I'm gonna. There's gonna be a lot of experimentation going forward with how I handled the reviews and like my cartoon self. Um, but I think we should probably get on to, uh, and that actually ties into an old project of yours. Oh boy, a 20 year celebration game featuring, wait for it, Sonic the Hedgehog! Most of those years were filled with mediocre, masturbatory marketing. There was no lube. Hey man, I like Black Guy the Hedgehog, okay? How? Explain yourself! Taught me how to be a real thug at Job Turkey. That's not even what the game was about. And those golden rings I collected went to help support my community. Are you bootlegging Scarface? Yeah! Playing Shadow the Hedgehog or watching Scarface do not make you black. Aw oh, man. Yeah, so. Around uh, 2011, 2012, I had an idea where I essentially would uh, was going to do like you did and uh, use my cartoon characters for a video game review series called Button Mashers, where I had like uh, some of, um, two of my older characters from a long, long time ago uh, just get up and review games in their apartments <laughs> and they were supposed to be I, I i tried to repurpose them as some kind of um hodgepodge reject video game mascots or whatever which is to be honest is, is essentially what they are they're they're sonic recolors it's like a dog and a raccoon right yeah yeah um and uh that's i i wanted uh, this was around the time when i was uh, when I was, uh, I had an idea for I had a, I had an idea for another series, and I wasn't sure whether or not. Well, I had two I had two paths. I was like, okay, do I want to become a full time YouTuber or do I want to try and get a job somewhere in my area? And jobs were jobs were super scarce in in uh, in in that era. It was middle of time. recession, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and they're still not very prevalent at at this point. No, either. but they're better than yeah. But at that point, I was really like, I was like, okay, I can either go this YouTube route or I can just get a job somewhere else. And pay somewhere. the bills because yeah. YouTuber, being a YouTuber is risky if you want to do it for a living. Yeah. And as luck would have it, like um, like Mondo Media was doing this, they were doing this pitch us a cartoon thing mm. for a while. So I was like, okay, I got an idea. Just pitch out. Just, just let me just take my old characters, reformat them into a video game kind of deal and then toss it out to these guys and see what they think. And they kind of liked it. Um, they thought that uh, it wasn't for them, but they were definitely open for me to keep pitching them ideas until one stuck. So I was like, cool, I'll keep doing that. And I, I really went gung-ho about this. So I had a raccoon named AJ who was like, uh, he just lost his job. And I was like, I will show the gaming world. I was going to review all the games in the world and, and then talk about how bad they are because I'm the best at games. And and his, his, uh, his best friend, roommate, Needles, who's just just the best thing ever <laughs> he's just some irreverent asshole that lives with him um and he's a green dog for some reason uh i it's don't cartoon. know it's fine yeah <laughs> so it was uh, it, it was done in a very puppet um, puppeted flash kind of um, kind of way and i i really wanted to do something with it um but these characters ac- actually existed like way before button masters i had an idea where these guys were basically going to road trip uh, across oh, America, awesome. yeah, uh, but they're AJ Needles they, do America, yeah. Ba- well, 
there's like a there's like a giant theme to this <laughs> where AJ's car would essentially transform into a a a, a, a weapon. <laughs> It'll wow. be like a giant sword, uh, and it would be like a, a and, and it will transform into different things for different drivers. So for AJ, it'll be a sword. For Needles, it would be a suit of armor. For uh, this other character, Minko, it would be uh, basic. It would be basically a, a giant fucking gun. Um, yeah, and they would just go around and just. Fight the system. It was bad, <laughs> but I. But it was something that I could have fun with. Um, that was essentially my idea. It was called Road Trip Revelations, and at that point, I was like, okay, let's let's trim down the idea just a tad and just a little. make it into something else. Just, just a little. Going from all over the country, fighting the system to playing video games on the couch. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's essentially where it was. Um, and a lot of people liked it. Yeah. Um, but it. Deep down, I was like, "This isn't really what I wanted these characters to be." Right, but you I still force kept something I, you don't like. Yeah, and I still kept getting people asking me, "Where's Button Mashers?" Yeah, is it <laughs> still online it? on your channel? It is still online actually. because it, you did one for Sonic Generations, right? I did one and only one. The main thing I, I remember I, is of the observation: Who puts saw blades on a truck? Yeah, yeah, like, like, oh my god, Sonic Generations was so good. I mean, for oh, me, yeah. it was. No, I, I, I loved it. That's why I, it, I started playing it with mods. Yeah, and that that truck sequence that where, where and uh, when it like barrels through San Francisco and for some reason has rockets and chainsaws. Yeah, that shit was amazing. Yep. like I still have good good vibes from that. Both Adventure um, Two and Generations clearly gloss over how many civilians it just mowed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the body count was up and families were lost. But after that, after after that, I was going to follow up with an episode on Journey. And I had oh. like I had like the character designs done, and I had a couple backgrounds done. I'm sure there's art or, uh, on my Facebook on it. Like I, I was def- I was definitely working on it. And I have audio tracks on what these guys are going to talk about as far as Journey was concerned, and it was fun. I actually had a um I actually had a, a friend of mine, Marty Walker, um and he's done he's done a lot of like uh, uh, animations out in Canada and in Georgia, mm-hmm. um. And uh, he, uh, he was working for Bento Box at some point. Oh, uh, and those he, guys who did Bob's Burgers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it worked. Uh, he helped me out for a little bit. It worked out really well, but I never really got to finish it. And it happens. I, well, I was kind of bummed out because I mean, uh, at that point, after Button Mashers One came out, I got a job, <laughs> like an actual legit job just, uh, that I'm still working to is working at right. to this day. And it was uh, it was actually a blessing in disguise, but I uh, button mashers as much as I mean I'm I'm fond of it, but at the same time it's not where I originally wanted to go with it. So right, that that kind right. that kind of that, do you that think that you could ever po- conceivably like repurpose those characters for another project? Um, I would like to go back to what they originally were made for, which was that road trip, uh, that road trip revelations story. Oh, okay. the one, wait, the one you said was stupid. Yeah, well, it's not stupid, but it's such. I guess it was kind of stupid. But well, was, you could repurpose it. Well, it was fun. That, yeah. that that idea, I felt like I could really build. Like I, I not necessarily a gigantic theme, but mm-hmm. there was a lot more room to play around with. Like, who doesn't like transforming weapons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and um, well, actually, that tie, kind of ties into maybe we should make another transition to the big one. I was I wanted to bring up. Yeah, um, that sounds really egotistical. Well, not to make it about me, but um, <laughs> it's in terms all good. of just a project evolving over time, definitely my like 
baby in terms of like passion project cartoons I want to make. Uh, granted, mm. it's not really one you can see yet. Uh, I might try and put like some preview clips up in a private YouTube video and post the link in this description. Uh, it's a little thing called Spacious. Hey, hi, I just put myself out there. Name's Jed. I've taken on a lot of odd tasks over the years, and between you and me, I've seen most of the galaxy, so I should be able to take on any job you throw at me. No one will want to hire you with a bedroom like that, though. Think so? It's pretty unprofessional. I came up with it uh, like 16 years ago. Uh, hmm. I've been one way or another working on or brainstorming the spaceships for over half my life. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it means a lot to me, these characters in this world. And you had some questions about it. Um, should I just say the general premises first? Yeah. Yeah, go it for is, it, because my general, well, one of my questions is, what is your general premise for Spacious? Spacious <laughs> is uh, the best genre for it is a sci-fi action adventure with uh, a dramedy vibe. Uh, a lot of comedy, but something that would like start out more lighthearted and transition into more serious plot lines, but still presuming humor and heart. Preserving yeah. humor and heart. Uh, uh, preserving uh, is not a word. Preserving, kind of like how uh, Futurama preserved. That, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. And actually, Futurama is a major inspiration in terms of where I could want to go, though with a oh, more really? serious actual plot to it. Okay. Um, the the gist of it would be it's it's like it follows this a group of four. Uh, two of them are humans or Earthlings. Uh, it, it never the show never focused on Earth though. It's like far future, mankind spread out across the universe, a lot of aliens and such. So, because I, I love the sci-fi trapping because it just where you can go and what you can do with the world's technology are like just sky's the limit on your imagination as long yeah. as you make some rules for the world. Yeah. Um, so it's a group of four. These two sisters, one of them is uh, named Leslie, who's someone like mid-20s, kind of a mechanic, technology enthusiast, um, who lost her parents and is now having to take care of her little sister Kiki, who's okay. like 10. And they have ended up sharing their spaceship house and a work workload with uh an alien named jed who is he he's like he ages slower so the idea would be that like he's 15 human years but like less is leslie's age and appearance and he's been doing a bunch of temp work throughout the universe which means he's done so many temp jobs that he often is able to offer help with various tasks one way or another. So, like, the first episode would be, like, well, Leslie gets hired to fix the extermination security hardware for this farmer, and Jed is able to start working on, okay, what's the root cause of the attack and the predators? Okay. And the last – and the third – and the fourth and final one is uh, a robot named Roscoe, who is the first oh, one I came up with. Yeah, uh, I have a picture of these guys. Uh, yeah, Roscoe. you have a picture of them. Oh, cool. Uh, and he, really simple, he came with the ship, he was in the closet, and he has his own backstory, he's actually super old, like millennia, um, so part of his uh, dilemma is dealing with the fact that he's very outdated, but he's kind of like a sweeter Rosie the Robot type thing, he's built Aww. for house services, cooking, cleaning, but he also just, he's a nice guy, uh, and so he can help the others, at least with the conversation, because he's kind of a coward when shit hits the fan. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, the series starts out with the, you know, day-to-day escapades and then evolves into a more overarching story with like a villain and 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 stuff like that okay so uh, so that's what you would like to do with this story but essentially it was set up at least yes okay um so let me uh, let me think um you've already answered like one of my other questions like who is this story for and basically people who like dramedies and i I would say the best comparison can make in terms of mainstream uh western cartoons is something like avatar or Korra. Ah, okay. Like jumping between episodes and moments that are silly and like genuinely heavy stuff. Okay, but nothing too overbearing, I guess. Uh, so you're like, so you're still developing the idea. Uh, what is 
so, and this is a bit of a generic question, but what was the moment that you found uh, when you're developing this story? What was the moment that you were like, yeah, yeah, this could work? What was that mm, moment? I don't know if I can narrow it down to one single moment. There's been a bunch of little ones, like in terms of the characters themselves. Like I had to start thinking, like, what are okay? I, I have like initial gimmicks for them, but there has to be like what what drives them? Like Jed is someone who is kind of. A toned down version of someone like Rick from Rick and Morty, not a yeah. not an a-, a pure asshole, but just someone who's he can be very lazy, apathetic, and even greedy. But he does truly care for these other people and have a good heart. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he'd have to be that way if they wanted to stay with him. Uh, yeah. But he is yeah. someone who is visibly flawed, and he's someone who tries to act lackadaisical about about so many things. But it's because he has uh, some real regrets in how he's handled his life up in previous points. Gotcha. Um, and Leslie, you know, she's the kind of the head of the group and kind of someone who's uh, good-hearted and responsible, but uh, she feels a lot of uh, the burdens of life on her in terms of stress and worrying about what she's capable of. She has some self-doubt that I've got to make a rhythm for myself. I've got to raise my sister, like, since I've, the parents are gone and just dealing with a lot of insecurities that many people deal with. Yeah. And uh, Kiki even, like, the main, the first thing I come up with her just as a, for fun is that she has a crush on Jed. And obviously, uh, Jed cannot stand her in the slightest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she does, she like, she makes no efforts in hiding that and he makes no effort in hiding, like, leave me alone. Um, uh-huh. But I was like, well, what else? And, and then another thing, I think I just putting a little bit of like my own uh, interest in the characters. She wants to be an artist. My recent pieces include a pretty starlit sky, a sparkling crystal cave, and actually, I don't remember what that one is. A flaming sun? Or maybe just some spicy food? I don't know. And oh. so she spends all her time, well, all of her time using the hollow pen because I'm trying to do a little bit of like, you know, uh, in integrating future technology and ideas. So she has like a, a light up pen that can draw like neon things that hover in the air indefinitely. Okay. Um, so, and, so and that's, and, and Roscoe, he hasn't had that so much except, you know, just dealing with the feelings of age. He is technically mm-hmm. the oldest of them and he has to deal with what happened in his life before as well. Um, but one other thing I want to talk about, uh, that it's still in the early stages compared to all the, cause there are other characters that I didn't even bring up, but I will talk about it some other time. Uh, that that opens up over time, the the world of the sh- of the show. But I'm trying to set, one thing that's really important for me to be setting up is atmosphere. Yeah, atmosphere. and which is tough because I I specialize in character drawings, not environments. But I've been practicing to draw like where the places they can go to. What's the vibe? Just something ethereal and otherworldly, something that make that get you sucked in and it make it feel unique. Something there's like a handful of things like I've watched or play that accomplish that in a way that's hard to put into words. I don't know if you okay. had that feeling. In- anything you got in mind? Uh, for the world, yeah. Uh, well, one thing like I have been saying is talking about like the technology. Where the idea is like you wouldn't use paper for almost anything. Mm-hmm. So like you could put like little holograms with a little battery on a bulletin board. You can uh, you can just have like a, a wristband to do wireless money payments to another wristband or something. Yeah. Uh, like Leslie's main tool instead of just a wrench or just a big thing, it's a it's like a base that materializes different tools at the top half of it. Okay. And uh, uh, and other stuff. Actually, one thing that I'm you know I'm trying to work out because of the tricky world of YouTube copyrights is music and um, okay some crazy uh, inspirations for it. But like one thing I I, I think people got to value is a good theme song to any mm-hmm. sort of show. 
And yeah. it got to the point where I actually found uh, uh, like this little duo on YouTube a couple years back and said, hey, here's $1,000 in the show <laughs> concept. Make a minute-long theme song, uh, which I'll play in the background now of this episode. And yeah. they they did great. I sent them some like sample songs, like here's the vibe, and and uh, did this great little one-minute song. Um, did I tell you about them already? Uh, I don't. Uh, I think you may have mentioned they were, it. But, so they started but, out as a duo called Adapt Music. Uh, you can find them on YouTube. They haven't updated in years, but they would do cover songs of various pop and rock songs, and it was awesome. And now they're in a proper uh, indie band called A World Away. Uh, I love their sound. Like their guitarist, it does have this like otherworldly sound that you would associate with space. And their singer has like so much passion in his voice. It's they're killer. Um, but one other thing I want to turn to toy with because like something I'm doing is uh, I've been finding websites to buy the royalty free music. Uh, oh. Like there's a site called Pond Fire. We can buy visuals and audio. You pay a one-time fee, and then you just use some new videos. Whole hog. Yeah. Um, something. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is this is the most out of the blue one because it's kind of recent. But something I love the idea of that it's basically almost never been done is cartoon series having like their own unique songs associated with them. But I'm not talking musical numbers. I'm talking like actual, you know, pop rock songs that you'd hear on the radio. And I kind of came with this idea when I rediscovered a show that I watched as a kid called The Raccoons. You ever see that? I do remember The Raccoons, yeah. Uh, it's a pretty run-of-the-mill show, but one of the things that's the thing that's genuinely awesome about it is I don't know how it happened, but the guy who made it, I guess he had friends. So he made like an actual like 80s rock and pop soundtrack of songs that would play in the background. I don't know. It just adds to the mood. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to do stuff like that for Spacious. I actually have a friend of mine from uh, college, Ryan, who's like, here's a bunch of songs I've worked on uh, and you can use them and stuff like that. And that's, really that's yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That adds to the personality of it, like to accentuate the mood, to accentuate emotions. And there's just there's a lot I want to do with Spacious, and granted, it's not going to look uh, amazing out of the gate, or maybe ever, because if you want to do multiple episodes, then I got to stick with the rigs, the animation, and just being able to get things out right at the time. But um, and the last thing I'll say about it, unless you have any other questions, uh, I've already got some cool voice talent for it. Uh, uh, the both I got one actor or actress for, for you know for each gender in the main roles. Uh, Leslie and Kiki are being played by. Uh, a girl named uh, Kaylee Mills, okay. who is actually she's she's another uh, living in LA, doing it professionally. Um, a lot of indie productions, but let me pull up right now. She's actually uh, she's been uh, hyping up on Twitter. She's going to be in the English dub for a recent anime called Occultic Nine. Um, Nine. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about it, but uh, keep, she's one of the leads, and I, I think it's her first lead role, so I'm excited for her. And I keep, I keep hearing that name come up. But it's I never from the creator it. of Steins Gate, apparently. Okay, all right. So it's probably got some hype behind it. And for Jed and uh, what I wanted to say about Kaylee, well, not only has she been super supportive about the project, she had a, did a great thing where you know once I paid her, she was like, "Hey, add me on Skype, and you can direct me over a conversation." So she does high-quality yeah. recordings of uh, Kiki and Leslie, and I can say, like, do it more like this, do it less like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of creators are doing that a lot more often. Yeah, it's awesome. Like if they, yeah, if they want to, like, develop their own thing, I knew, uh, I know Chris Niosi has done that for Yes, yeah, well, he's a voice director in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's amazing in and of, of itself. Yeah, um, he's a busy guy. I really like him. Um, yeah, but I mean, so, that's so a thing to do nowadays. Yeah, I don't think I have it in me to be voice director, but I, it helps for some like if you have a passion project like this to be hands on like that. Yeah. Um, and the, like the last thing I'll say about about those characters is like I'm trying to be very conscious of like she even asked me like so is Kiki meant to be like annoying? Is she meant to be a raptor? It's like no, she there are way too many characters to just get on your nerves and just 
are assholes. Yeah. I'm like, no, she's. I, it's it's still kind of a tricky balance there, but I'm like, she she needs to seem real. She you, there should be moments where you she knows to be. There should be moments where like, no, she can be as capable as the others. Um, we'll talk more about those 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 characters. And but the other one uh, for both Jed and Roscoe, uh, another indie guy named uh, Patrick M. Seymour. Patrick N. Seymour. M. Seymour. Uh, I don't think he's been in like triple A like stuff, but he is super busy. If you look up his indie roles, he's there's like a very popular Minecraft machinima series. He's a regular in. Okay. Uh, I found out about him through a cool indie game. Uh, did you ever play Freedom Planet? Uh yes, I do. Yes, he's, I have. He's Torque. He's uh, Torque. Get yeah. out. Yeah. Cool. It's funny because his actual voice is a lot deeper. So, like, the one he uses for Jed is deeper, and then the one he uses for Roscoe is higher than that or Torque. Um, cool. He's got some good range on him. And a very funny guy if you look up his, like, Twitter and stuff. Like, or his YouTube. He does, like, comic fan dubs. Um, I remember one I saw where he dubbed Mario and Toad, and he did the Toad voice. Like, Mario, anything? What's the scariest thing you've ever happened to you? And Mario's pianos, and it shows the Mario 64 piano. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he's been really supportive about the project too. Nothing about directing on Skype yet, but maybe you know when we get back. I've, so to finish up, spacious. I've recorded a uh, and, and I'm currently animating a promo short uh, since I know a full episode would take all well, that much longer. So it's kind of like practice animating the character rigs the first time because making the rigs is taking forever, obviously. And uh, it's that the idea of like the, everybody but Roscoe trying to record like a little ad just put on like the youtube equivalent like jed's like here's all my skills unless he's like here's what i can do with uh repairs and kiki being naive is like uh i'm a 10 year old putting up my drawings for online critique from anonymous people <laughs> and when roscoe who's filming points that out she's like it's anonymous comments how bad can they be and then oh, leslie God. like uh deletes the no. video and she's not looking is like oh uh it got corrupted it's deleted yeah it's gone forever sorry oh. he goes, and oh, kiki's response oh. is oh well good excuse to make another Oh, poor child, no. <laughs> poor child, don't. Uh, so it naive. <laughs> no. But yes, no. I, I will talk more about Spacious when there's more to say. But uh, we do have one more thing to talk about, and this is something that everybody can actually watch, and I've been linking to in recent episodes. Chris, let's talk about The Will of Monsters. Not every day some fathead monster head butts you from the sky. Okay, I really don't need some noodle arm chick calling me names right now. If you can't pull me up, just say so. Did you just call me a noodle-armed chick? Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm gonna let him fall. But if you just look deep down... Nope! Holy crap! Yeah, let's talk about this giant <laughs> dance. Yes. When you first told me that you were working on this, I thought you was like, I'm doing a short with my character. I'm like, oh, cool, a little six... No, it's like 40, 45 minutes? Yeah, it's 45 minutes. It's a featurette. I'm, a, I'm an insane person, it, okay? <laughs> well, granted, it's an animatic, which is, for those who don't know, it's not fully animated. It's like a storyboard with with various drawings, but not frame-by-frame frame thing. But yeah, still. It's, it's a rough draft. <laughs> still. It's. <laughs> how lo- When did you start working on that? On that oh, actual? Wow. You, the, oh, the, wow. The, the characters, you had other projects than originally. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, you know, so, go ahead, Chris. You, 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 you lead the talk. This is your baby. Oh, okay. Well, uh, feel free to ask me questions too. Okay. Uh, because uh, go what was the it, genesis of this project? Okay, the genesis. All right. Can I be real with you? This yeah. was on. We made. I made this project on a bet. <laughs> okay. What? I made this project ten years ago on a bet with my younger brother, uh, Tyrone. I did not know that. Uh, uh, and uh, we were, we we kicked around the idea uh, of making our own cartoons and stuff, and 
at the time, I was like, I re- uh, J- Tyrone, uh, I call him Justin. I was like, Justin, I want to make my own cartoon studio. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to come up with some ideas. And it was like, yeah. I'm like, get this. Uh, magic hobo. And he's like, I feel you, magic hobo. <laughs> I guess <laughs> technically like, the characters still are. Well, well, and and the Do thing them. is, like, we were like, okay, here's what we're going. We're going to take a week, a week each, like separate, separate uh, uh, from one another, and develop the idea of magic hobos. All right, he was like, yeah, all right, cool. So we took a week, and we came back together, and it was like, here's my idea for magic hobo, and he essentially came up with um, what is now uh, his long running comic, Elements of Light. Um, and that was just off that idea, um, and uh, uh, which was merged with another idea he had mm-hmm. um, that was like a, a, a Japanese RPG kind of offshoot. And so I came back and I was like, okay, I got this Hanna-Barbera idea where these these two uh, these two friggin' uh, Halloween yeah these two fri- well they they were like Halloween beanbags at the time. Okay. These these Halloween beanbag characters are trying to like get a ride somewhere. And for exchange uh, of like hitchhiking, of getting a ride with their thumbs all out and everything, they would perform a magic trick. And the more I talked talked about it like that, I was like, "This is a dumb fucking idea." <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I was like, "Okay, um, I really like the Hanna Barbera esque nature of it, where it's basically I have one tall character." Who is essentially the brains of the bunch? Yeah. The more, the more optimistic. Uh, this is where we're going to go this time, boo boo. And the young, younger, smaller one is like, I don't know about this asshole. Okay, that's we're funny. They kind of switched that in the finished yeah. product. Yeah. Uh, but by this point, uh, by that point, I was like, I was, I was working as a, uh, as a temp. Mm-hmm. So I, I was with a temp agency. I was working as a, I was working in a, in some kind of sleep clinic. And uh, it, it was such a weird, weird sleep clinic too, um, where there were apparently, while I was kind of goofing off on my own, like making, uh, trying to develop these characters, this sleep clinic was basically uh, stealing people's information. <laughs> and I was like in the filing room. Uh, it was a good thing I was kind of procrastinating at the time because <laughs> all this was happening beyond my knowledge. <laughs> so I was like, dude, now they're scarecrows. I was all typing on my laptop. Thanks for procrastination. Yeah. Thank God for that. And the more I developed it, I was like, I kind of like this. This this tall character is now a scarecrow. He's made out of made out of straw. He throws flash bombs to make magic tricks happen in order to get kids to throw him money. And the kid uh, and his little kid sidekick is like, "All right, so I get to I get to bring the kids over and we get to like uh, uh, we get to basically make the show for them. That's cool." Uh, and it kind of built from there. Uh, yeah. I I did I made a thing. I knew that there needed to be a third character in there at some point. And I thought it needs to be offset with something else, someone else, uh, maybe a girl, maybe of a different race or a different species altogether. Right. But I definitely wanted to keep the vibe of the Halloween-ness to, uh, mm. to it. And the I was paranormal like, edge. yeah, yeah. I was like, this got I was like, I got to create my own kind of scary who's um, it's that's a word, walla, walla, wub, wub, what whatever Rick and Morty. Love it, love dub dub. Love it, love dub dub. I wanted to create my own like little Halloween shtick. So Pi came along. 
Uh, it was a witch for those. She was a yeah. witch. Yep. So a pie came along. She was a witch. She had, man, she had, at the time, the scarf around her neck. Uh, right now, it's an enchanted silkworm. Back then, it was an enchanted tapeworm. <laughs> and I didn't really think about it. I just wanted to I just wanted to throw everything at the wall and see what stuck, you know? I was throw like silk, throw tape rooms at the wall. Yeah, I was like, it's gotta be bizarre. It's gotta be weird. Like, whoa, no way no one would pick this up. It was ah yeah. uh, man. Uh those but, early days were there were something else. Well you you did do some uh some you worked on projects involving them back in the day. I think that's that's actually how I first got to know you outside of like us being classmates. Um, yeah, because like full disclosure, like when we were going to school together, we didn't talk to each other that often. Um, mm-hmm. It was very casual. And then later on, like you started doing meetups and stuff. You were, I think, you. I also found out because you had Todd, my old roommate, uh, work on this stuff with you. He's a very talented artist. Look him up, Todd Churn. Um, yeah, Todd's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and uh, and so that's when you were showing like uh, clips of of. You mentioned it's like a little series for them. Um, yeah. And I, I, that, that tapered off, but, you know, obviously you still want to do stuff with them, and you kind of... It, it's a Will of Monsters. It's basically a reboot from that idea, right? Yeah, yeah. When I um, when I was working with Todd at the time, this was around this was around the 2010, uh, 2011 uh, uh, era. Yeah. Um, I basically... Uh, w- when I became comfortable with these guys, I was like, it is now called Pumpkin Chamon Pie. Yes. That's how it's called. That's how everyone will name it. And everyone will remember it every day. And no one remembered that name. <laughs> it's, it's a mouthful. I yeah, I, I essentially came up with that name because I had fond memories of, e- of eating um, pumpkin jam uh, mm-hmm. when my grandfather took me and my brother to um, um, to this timeshare. And in, in like, okay. I forget where I it's at. I it, didn't it actually a, know what the pun was with, uh, with yeah, pumpkin jam's mm-hmm. names. I did know... Uh, Pie was probably talking about the food, and she actually referenced that in the finished short because uh, her scarf is named Raspberry. So she's like, yeah, yeah. "We're like Raspberry Pie." Oh, you don't like jokes? <laughs> waka waka waka. <laughs> no. Um, so we, uh, we, uh, I had fond memories of that, and I was like, "Pumpkin Chamon Pie." Everybody's going to remember that. And I made a YouTube series out of it, but the problem was, I wrote that script for that YouTube series in a day. And that mm. is the worst fucking thing you can do as a writer. <laughs> it rushed. Uh, well, the reason why I rushed it, not that it's not that it's a better excuse, is that there was a script writing competition happening in mm. Maryland. And uh, to be blunt, I was a little overconfident in my abilities as a script writer. Like I've been writing scripts since I was 12. Uh, like as soon as I figured out that, that was, there, there was a format that you can actually write movies in, I was like, I'm learning it. I can do it. Yeah. I've been writing since I was four because I remember I wrote a little book for my mom around Christmas time. And the conflict was was a bunch of like Sesame Street characters. Somebody called – this is – I'll be quick. Somebody called them and said, you have to hurry and come quick. The Christmas tree is falling. Chapter two, (laughs) the Christmas tree falls. And the Christmas tree started falling. But then somebody caught it and it was okay. Let let that be a lesson to you kids. (laughs) The epic harrowing tale of the Christmas tree falling over. Harrowing tale. But it was okay. Everyone lived, or did they? No, I mean, I've been writing for uh, for a long time since I was a kid. I loved it. It was it was practically the only subject in school that I excelled at. Mm-hmm. And when I found out that you can actually make movies writing actual scripts and, and stuff, shows. I was like, yes, I can do that. So the script writing competition came up when I was a young man, and I was like, 
I can write the shit out of that. I can write the shit out of anything in a night. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And it was a dumb fucking decision. It, it was the dumbest fucking decision I ever made in my professional career. Whoops. <laughs> um, so I it, guess the harder you worked on the project, the more you realized the script wasn't working. The, the more I realized there were so many holes in it, dude. <laughs> like mm. the, uh, it was okay. So number one, Pi doesn't show up at all in the YouTube series. That was and uh, so oh, that right. really confused people. People are like, well, "Who's Pi? Where's Pi?" Yeah, I remember assuming she was going to show up in a later episode, and she never did. That was my main plan. But I, I took it to I took it to the screenwriting competition. And it was basically like scripts, DC scripts or something. Mm-hmm. And at the time. Um, what essentially they would do is they would have actors come up and they would act out these act out the hmm. scenes as they read your script and yeah uh, uh and the crowd loved it they were because uh, the the the, uh, the actors really got into it it brought a lot of energy into it uh and they had a great time the judges fucking hated it though <laughs> the oh. judges were like why is there a narrator imagine why? simon cowell being like scarecrows nobody wants to hear that <laughs> no one's going to buy this dreadfully awful awfully dreadful shite it's a no <laughs> for me oh they they hated it um they were they they essentially were like look you got to pick a theme or something. Pick, uh, pick a storytelling device. You're, mm-hmm. You got a narrator. Uh, watch some Tom and Jerry or something. And I was like, Tom and Jerry? What? <laughs> there's, like, yeah. there's like three times they've ever used a narrator. What's, what are they talking about? Oh, wait. They were talking about oh, with a narrator? Yeah. Well, at the time, Pumpkin, uh, the, the, Pumpkin Chairman Pie had a narrator. Yeah, no, and, I mean, the judges were, were saying, were using, they were citing Tom and Jerry as cartoons were, that use a narrator? Citing, they were citing Tom and Jerry. What the hell? Yeah, it was weird. What the takeaway I that I got from that little experience is that there's something wrong with this. They just can't put their finger on it. Mm. And so that meant that Back there the was something there, there was something intrinsically wrong formulaic. There was something formulaically wrong yeah. with pumpkin jam and pie. So and that took a lot for me right. to we should actually, get to like the actual short, I guess. So yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm going on a long tangent. It's OK. But, it's cool. Yeah. But the impetus for the Will of Monsters, the reboot to Pumpkin Chairman Pie, was that I had to come to terms with the fact that I was not as good as I thought I was in writing. Mm-hmm. And not only that, um, I was relying on other people to animate this when what I should have done was exercise my actual abilities that I learned from school yeah. and get them up to snuff so I can actually tell a better story. So I, t- I wrote down all the things that were wrong with Pumpkin Jam and Pie. I wrote down, look, the sound design needs work. <laughs> that's that's number one. Uh, there, you can't have a good animation without good sound. That's automatic. Um, especially these days right um if you're going to use narrator you cannot be on the nose about it uh and i was i was pretty much using like the 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 bodiless uh narrator who's like this is the story of three people right right. yeah uh and that was okay uh no it was it it was not the best decision let me be honest um it was not okay but but what's what's a good example cubo did you see cubo in the two strings Cubone two strings, not yeah. Cubone and the two strings. Cubone and the Q- Cubone and the two strings, starring Ash Ketchum. Now I know why you want my mother's skull. <laughs> oh God! It went to a darker place. Somehow, anyway. The, but did you see it? Yes. Okay. 
there, there's an opening narration to that, and it wasn't like the uh, it wasn't like the whimsical uh, animation trope that we know of to this day, where you made uh, where it's like you have you have the protagonist basically voicing their own story. Where oh, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's a cliche this, to be like, "This is me." Yeah, this is me. Ever since Ratatouille did it well, they've been like, "Everybody else do it." Well, even before Ratatouille, Tangled did it. Tangled was uh, after Ratatouille. Tangled was after Ratatouille. Yeah. Ah, you're probably yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay, so Tangle did it. Ratatouille did it. Fucking the Croods did it. Croods, yeah. Yep. Master, the Master Mega Mind did it. And mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed Mega Mind. I, I think Mega Mind's underrated. As DreamWorks movies go. It's very witty. It, it, it really is. Um, but there are times. Uh, but I had to look at that and then look at um, when I finally saw how Kubo did it. I was like. I'm doing. Uh, I mean, by that point, everything was written down. The reboot was was rewritten. Mm-hmm. Characters, um, Pi was brought in like, like in um, in the animatic. Pi is like one of the first things you see. Like she shows right the fuck up, um, making up for past <laughs> making up for past mistakes for sure. Here, here she is, <laughs> happy. <laughs> but uh, but Pi is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, oh, all thing. three of the characters are really. I think I told you like I was. This is not biased because you're my buddy i was really impressed with the writing in this thing thank you thank you it's i tried obvious really hard. we've talked i mean we've both talked on this show into ourselves like about how important character and heart and depth and substance is to story and conflict and most of the story is driven by the conflict between the three leads yeah that was that was hard to do it was mm-hmm. it was something that i knew i had to do at some point when i was working on pc pie uh, uh from the outset but i never I kept putting it. I kept putting off the good stuff, and that's always a bad sign. Uh, whether it's in film or in animation, when you're writing a story, and DC suffers from this in the in the uh, in their films too. And I'm, I'm not trying to compare, uh, but essentially they do this a lot, where they're saying, "Now that this is over, the good stuff is coming in Justice League. Just <laughs> you wait." And I'm like, "But I was supposed to be impressed now, and I did." <laughs> yeah. and I, and I did that exact fucking thing in PC Pie, and oh. God, and God, I said I wasn't going to compare, and I just did. Shit, I sound like an asshole. <laughs> Fuck. Ah. You are very untrustworthy. I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I didn't mean to be a snob, but I, 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 um, I say that out of experience, right? Because that's that's really an easy hole to fall in when you're developing a story that has a giant encircling story around it. When you know you're going to have a backstory, mm-hmm. when you know you've got essential world building to do, it's very easy to say, okay, 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 here it is. Not yet, back off. Yeah. The uh, and, the overall tone of it, it feels a bit more grim than what you originally had planned too, at least from the yeah. sorts I saw. Like the, uh, the character of Pumpkin Self is, he was much more jovial and jokey in that original. And this, like, this world is dangerous. He's a much more grizzled and cautious fella. Basically. Yeah, I, I definitely had to play that up a little bit more because I didn't have a very good sense of... I had an idea of what I wanted to do with Punk and Cham and PC Pie. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because I kept putting off those scenes when they were together and how they fought together and how they argued with one another or even how they... Uh, I, even the, how they agreed with one another, I never really, got, I never really made it so that you know, this guy could essentially act as this kid's dad when his dad's not around. Yeah, he is the father figure from what we see. Yeah, he's not, he's not biologically Cham's yeah. father, but he's, he's trying to act as the father figure. 
um, even though that he's a, he's essentially just a teacher, the mentor, the the, the guy right. who's who signed all the guardian forms and the permission. Here's how you use Flash. Oh, and and you voice both uh, the scarecrows in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually I actually did try to get someone for Punk. Um, Punk. I have to admit, um, I did my very best Liam Neeson impression. Uh, <laughs> I just saw it as your voice, but deeper and more serious. <laughs> and uh, well, the trick about that. Um, the trick with doing Punk was that I first had to voice Cham. Cham is much easier to yeah, voice. Yeah, Cham is basically your voice on this show when you get either really excited or upset about something. Like, yes. I can totally imagine Cham going, I don't want a holographic wife. <laughs> I don't want a holographic wife. There we go. <laughs> that's 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 exactly it. But because I tire out my voice with Cham, um, I can switch down to Punk when I'm a little bit more... When oh, I'm a little okay. bit, when I'm a little less energetic, less taxing so, on the vocal cords. Yeah, um, and that way, because uh, me doing punk, which is a little bit more taxing, but at the same time a little less work. Like I had yeah. to do a lot less. I, I had to do a lot less recordings with punk, but I got a little bit more out of it because I did a whole bunch of takes with Cham that I could actually lower my voice a little bit heavy, uh, a little bit more heavier, um, mm-hmm. and lots of lemon tea. <laughs> That's uh, uh, and that's something that I need to pr- I need to get better at doing because if I want this to be a thing in the future, I can't do both voices. That's that's mm. absolute. And I try to get I try to get someone else to do pump, but I was running out of money. Right, right. <laughs> I think you said is the voice of Pi in that it's a temp one. Um, Pi is voiced by Sheila M. Lynn, and she is the temp actress for for Pi uh, mm. at the moment. Do you, are you eyeing someone else? Or um, how's that work? Actually, actually uh, when I first did Pumpkin Sham and Pie, uh, I met an actress named Michelle Allegra Murad. And she, <laughs> she, when I say that the actors came up and they nailed that, sh- and they nailed that shit, she nailed that shit. Nice. <laughs> she was essentially, and the funny thing is, she was basically being punked. She was <laughs> playing, she was playing the super jovial, super energetic role. Mm. And I, I love the shit out of it. Like uh, when I saw her play um, play as Punk, I was like, she can really play Pi. Like she can really play this energetic but really sad fourteen year old yeah. girl. I didn't, so are you still intending to, to get her back? Yes, that's cool. the plan. Cool. And she's um, and she says she's down for it. But I gotta say, it's been so long that I felt really bad <laughs> about <laughs> about. The first time around, not going as well as planned. I mean, I like, better late oh. than never. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she's not too upset with me. Oh, you haven't reached out to her? Oh, well, I have. And she says she's down. She, oh, well, she's yeah, down. yeah. She, she's willing to do it. I think, yeah. Yeah. It's it's still kind of it still kind of sucks. It's, it's taken it's, me this long. It and happens. Yeah. Well, it, it does happen. But it's also, that's, I see this, I, I see this a lot with a, a, a lot of budding creators and I've butt heads with a couple of them on, on a certain mm-hmm. animation groups on Facebook where they're like, I, I'm going to change the industry. I'm going to do, I'm a, I'm a hot shot writer, but I can do it all on my own. Yeah. You need not a, you need other people. Animation is not, uh, in very rare cases, you can lift the entire workload on your own. But at some point, you're going to damage yourself. That guy who made Nova Seed hurt his hand <laughs> animating the entire thing. I mean, <laughs> then there are lucky, like, exceptions, like uh, the Brothers Chaps. Yeah. Homestar yeah. was all those two guys, but they 
they founded a legit careers off of it. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to know where your limitations are. Right. And you have to be willing to exercise you know, what you're lacking in. That's what that's I, 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 I don't want to try and totally dominate hatred. That's something I'm keeping in mind with spacious. Um, really? Like trying to figure out like when do I want to do like more intricate animations and walking in different environments? Like mm-hmm. what's the best way to conserve without just making it seem like no effort? Oh, um, there's. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a tough rope to walk, right? And that's why I'm like, conceivably, I might not be, I might not finish this show till I'm like sixty or something. But I'm like, hey, I gotta <laughs> well, try. Well, luckily, because there are so many uh, advanced animators who came out of the Newgrounds uh, era of the internet, yeah, that nowadays they're like, look, we've developed. Uh, a myriad of techniques that you can copy off or, or like you can learn from regular collaborators like uh, Studio Yada that's all it's, basically Newgrounds type animators doing awesome group work well it's, it's not just them either like uh, you've heard of Harry Partridge right yes like I had no idea that he actually has an animation like tutorial set online on YouTube Oh. Like it's called Hoo Ha Two. I thought and, you were gonna say he has a whole team to his shorts. No, no. <laughs> I uh, I think he partners up with a couple of people every now and then. Probably, yeah. But uh, um uh, but from what I found, like he has like he has like a nice uh uh twelve episode series of like if you're going into animation and you're working with Flash, here are the steps that you can follow. You don't have to follow them all. Hmm. Uh, I mean, you should get a good. You should get a good understanding of, of how they work. Does this cost anything? No, it's free. Just jump oh. on YouTube. I'll, I'll, I'll link you. I'll look at, yeah, I'll look it up when we're done. Yeah, there's there's that. There's um, there's animation. Um, there's there's animation classes like Animation Mentor. Right, right, there's right. Alan Beck. There's Toniko Pantoja you need to on Gumroad. I was not aware. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I, need, I'll, I definitely need some more practice with drawing animator. I will link the shit out of you. But I also wanted to ask about uh, Will Monsters uh, because I mentioned there were like so much of its conflict brewed between the three characters and their circumstances. Are there any like themes or messages in particular trying to get across with it? Oh, definitely. Um, Well, there's a theme that we all think we know everything just because we either a experienced or b we just come from a very traumatic place uh in our perspective mm-hmm. um and and a lot of these are justified but we never really take into account the hurts and the bullshit that other people have to go through um there's a uh, we may have our own individual prejudices, yeah. but we need to get the fuck over them that's the big thing I was getting is um showing the some of the effects of prejudice. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely there. Um, it's uh, Utopia with scarecrows, basically. basically <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, basically, it's when I first made PC Pie, I was going for the uh, the Halloween thing. I really wanted to be. I, yeah, I really the old wanted one to... just looked like straight up like adventure or paranormal comedy almost. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's what I was shooting for. But in this one, I was, I I said I need to tone back on. I need to tone back. On the Halloween aspects of this, this mm-hmm. needs to act more as a standalone film yeah. and less like a haunted house adventure. It's, you see, it's on. still there a bit, like pumpkins. Like there are like it's been pa- like part of the movie on a giant pumpkin. The villains yeah. are a bunch of scro- of, of crows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it's not the focus. Yeah, it's 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 more of 
it's instead of treating it as a heavy aesthetic, it's more like a moderate to light aesthetic where the and these people may live in a Halloween esque world, but it's less about scaring one another and doing trick or treaty kind of stuff and more about hey, you're my neighbor, then you need uh, then uh you need to act like it. Yeah, in this world, the crows are more scary than the scarecrows. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like that in PC Pie too, um, but even more so, I guess. I yeah, more so here. the the main the the main thing that 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 I really had to start thinking about was when I made PC Pie, and I keep saying that like a thousand times, and I know I'm irritating people, but I thought about it as more of like a series. Right. When I uh, when Twam, when the idea Twam came when Twam came around, I started thinking of it as film. So I started re- and I love film. I love movies. I I, right, I, I live and drink this stuff. I, I work as a as a cameraman at work, and I'm a, I'm the lead photographer. I had to think in shots all the time. So when it comes to when it came to this film, I started really analyzing all the things that I've learned in film, like as much film convention that I learned in college, all the stuff that I learned from film as a young man, and what film can be uh, as, uh, um, as, a, uh, as it relates to our culture. So that meant that I really needed to buckle down and study uh, mm-hmm. what, do, what, do, um, what are the tropes that follow along uh, this kind of adventure. Uh, and I really had to, if I'm going to use cliches, I need to use them well. Right. If I'm right. Going, if, can if be I, done well. Yeah. If I'm not if I'm not going to subvert them, then what can I do to at least entertain the audience? Yeah. Or keep the, or or keep them uh, engaged at some point. Yeah. And that that's something that took a lot of took a lot of book reading, uh, but at some point it has to go from book reading to actual application, and and uh, at some point I had I said if I'm going to start writing this rewriting it all together cannot write a script because number one uh animation companies these days they go from storyboard and then they try to write it out uh Mm. for their actors but i've relied on script writing as a crutch for too long and that's what that's what really hurt me the first time so john k would not like you i don't care (laughs) (laughs) no i don't either um what uh what i essentially did was i wrote a shot list and still it's still kind of a script but more in terms of this is shot one what um, sequence a what does shot one do it's a fade in tilt down uh um, tilt down to said character yada 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 in actual scripts you don't put camera moves in you set up the scene you give a general overview of what yeah, character that's will been be my doing. approach to yeah. spatial stuff is more of a script type Mm-hmm. Uh, thing maybe once I do like the first full episode, I'll try and do more of the actual technical layout in terms of writing. Yeah, the shot list really did help me out a lot more because I started. It helped me to stay away as much as possible from breaking the 180 rule or from um, staging characters to uh, too awkwardly where it started creating weird fucking tangents, mm-hmm. which it still happens from time to time. But it it helped me to really visualize where key moments needed to happen where they're numbered and how they relate to one another from previous sequences quite honestly i might want, i might ask you to give me a course on that sometime because i think i've oh, sure. learned that aspect i've been so focused on developing the look of, of the spacious characters and like the overarching plot to think about technicalities of that but one step at a time i guess 
Absolutely. And I, I love hearing about other people's stories. Yeah. Like, and I we mean, probably should start winding things down. Um, I think okay. you, you do it pretty soon. But uh, people I will be including – I've included a link to uh, the Will of Monsters animatic on Vimeo uh, the past few episodes, and I'll continue to do so. Yay. Um, I'll also include ones for my E3 thing. And I'll try and put up some stuff for Spacious. I'm also uh, – Chris, I'm going to be editing uh, audio clips from both things into our discussions of them. Um, but I did want to ask, do, we, do you have any additional questions about Spacious? Um, okay, I got one. Yeah. Uh, if your characters have a favorite video game character, mm. who, would they, who would they be? Let me think. Roscoe would probably be Clank. Okay. Jed would probably be, I would say Travis Touchdown, but he wouldn't like the Weeaboo Travis- aspect. Travis Touchdown. I haven't heard that name in forever. But he's coming back. Yeah. And we heard three for the Switch. Um, I, but I don't th- – but the fact that he's like such a anime fan, I don't think that would be Jed's kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Leslie would like Samus because she's so reliant on technology. Okay. And Kiki would like – I'm trying to think of someone who's very reliant on the arts in games and that's not a very common thing. Not, Probably just a cute character or like Kirby or something. She's like, I can draw him. Okay. So a lot of Nintendo characters. Oh, you did You did ask before, like, which professional actors can you envision playing him? And yeah, truthfully, yeah. I didn't really give that thought for any of them. Um, okay. Except, I'll give, give some thought. Uh, okay, no, you know what? I had one long ago. Uh, back when I watched Hey Arnold all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I could totally see Roscoe having Mr. Simmons' voice. Mr. Simmons? <laughs> All right, Jed, you're very special. Like, it's a very w- sweet voice, so that's what I think that's where I got from. Yeah, I love Mr. Simmons. Um, but though I, I give me more thought, I think Jed could still be voiced by. Do you know who Josh Keaton is? Josh Keaton, yes. I've he, heard of he's him. the main guy in Transformers Prime that we talked about. Uh, cool. Um, and he's done a lot of. Uh, I can't. I'm not very good at naming like his main roles, but he's done others. He's actually he's the current voice of Spyro in the Skylanders games. Oh. Uh, not the cartoon. They got Justin Long for that, but you can Sweet. hear him in those. And he pops in other stuff. He was the young uh, Revolver Ocelot in Metal Gear Solid Three, I think. Um, okay. He's a busy guy. I'm just not. There are plenty of like voice actors whose names I recognize, but I couldn't really tell you any of their big roles because often it's just stuff I haven't gotten around to. Okay. Uh, the girls, I could not tell you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Aw. Uh, it's 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 kind of very particular for both of them. Like uh, with with Leslie, it's kind of like not too high, not too low, just something that can be stern, something that can be sweet. And Kiki also like something that you can, can by being a kid voice, but nothing too annoying or energetic, screechy or stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's that's always a tough road. And that's something that. Uh, Kaylee's been very good with uh, working on like uh, doing like you know when she first auditioned doing multiple pitches and stuff and we finally said on let's just go with this okay um, and like there are other there are other elements of spacious that I didn't mention oh, I, 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 I technically I will be doing a voice in it um, the quote unquote fifth lead is Jed has a little guy called Jim which is a little parasite attached to his scalp Ooh. who you'll see pictures of him at some point. He's a little, like, blobby antenna thing. And the joke is he does, like, it's like a, you know, a parasite, basically. But And Jed got him on his head when he was a kid. But as soon as he found out he wasn't dangerous, he was like, I like you. You can stick around. Okay. And right. uh, and in, in a way, Jim's almost like his conscience. He has a more morals. Uh, 
and responsibility, a sense of responsibility to him. And he's one of those characters who speaks gibberish, but everybody can understand. Uh, okay. And Chris, you're going to love this. Uh, I'm basically going to give him a rabbit voice. You're going to give him a so rabbit voice? Yeah, so it's going to be like, hey, Jim, what do you think? All is lost. All the rabbits lost. are everywhere. <laughs> give in to the rabbits. No. <laughs> no, damn. I'm sorry, Chris, but hopefully you'll like Jim more than you like the rabbits. I'm sure I will. And there are, there are like other side characters developing. Like, you know, eventually there is a villain who's like uh, several underlings who are very important characters for different reasons. One recent idea I had, both for the idea of representation and consistency in the story and just fun opportunities, is that they, you know, that they live in a spaceship. And oh, something I didn't bring up that I think is really important to the idea of spaceships is that for all the technology you have, they're still very just trying to make ends meet. It's kind of a Firefly Cowboy Bebop situation. Mm-hmm. So they generally live in like the equivalent of a trailer park uh, mm-hmm. for little spaceships. Okay. And their you know landlord slash property owner is uh, a gay pair of aliens. But mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do is not make them, not their characterization stereotypical and not make the homosexuality a butt of the joke. I got you. I've brought up in the past, uh, which, a show I want to talk about eventually that I love is Mission Hill. Uh, which was a super progressive show in terms of its gay representation. They knew the right times to make jokes about it, which I don't think I'd do that. But they just they, how these two characters play off each other because the idea would be that one is big and gentle and the other is small and feisty. Yeah, and they both kind of balance each other out. And oh, cool. They have some fun dynamics and growth to them. Uh, and even where the plot goes, like the main villain would be this alien who is just super jaded because he's had some horrible things happen to him in life even when he had best intentions and so he takes on a nihilistic very grim and selfish worldview because he finds Ooh. out a theory about the universe having a border and oh, wow. he, but his idea is the theory is if you cut through it and see what lies beyond the universe will implode on itself like a balloon he's like worth that risk i'll leave everybody else behind Oh wow! And so that kind of ties into the theme of uh, of him not being willing to accept, deal, or try to improve his own world, and mm. just kind of a very warped but somewhat sympathetic villain. But yeah, uh, and and like his under his underlings are have varying degrees of morality tied to that that lead to different conflicts and yeah. plot points. You'll hear more about them later. But yeah, like spacious has. Because originally it was really just – I envisioned just a zany comedy with these four and another alien who just kind of got out of the, out of the way when – I kind of assimilated his personality to Jed's. Mm-hmm. And another robot who's just not a thing anymore. And no. But just you know, the older you get and the more you spend, time you spend, the more mature and the more ideas you get about story, the more it grows. And Spacious yeah. is proof positive of that, I'd say, for, at least from what I have envisioned of it. Okay. But I think it's a good time to bring things to a close. Sure. Uh, I'm sorry I rambled on spacious for a little bit, but I guess there were just some things that we forgot to bring up that I thought it's it would a, be fun to get out. It, it's okay. Like I said, I like hearing about other people's stories. Yeah, and Will Montrose, everything about the price of that sounds really awesome. I, I meant to ask, are you intending to go back and do any additional things with it, or revisions or animation? Well, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I'm actually... At the moment, I am planning out a strategy for a crowdfunding campaign. So I'm taking out time to figure out how my networks, uh, mm-hmm. how my network contacts are going to work through this. And I, sometime next year, I'm going to launch it so I, I can. I might I, have mentioned to you already. I would love to help with it in some way. Awesome. If you get it going, I, like with animation or just something. That's that's fine because essentially all this money is going to go towards animation. Right. Like all, right. All the and, well, and do you do you still need to pay uh, Pi's voice actress? 
Yes, that's for sure. But yeah, I'm going to do. I'm most likely going to do that out of pocket. Um, okay, that's more affordable, the, I guess. Yeah, some of the stuff I can I can do out of pocket. Yeah, like, I, I that's what I've been doing. Like for the theme song and the two main actors, uh, I just saved up and like it's worth it. Yeah, but as far as like. As far as like animation is concerned, I uh, I'm not gonna get like you said I'm not gonna be done with this until I'm 60. So if I That's if I try one to do short, a- okay, then I'm not gonna be done with this series till I'm 200. <laughs> uh, I'll be like Yoda. Uh, anyway, oh, I, I do yeah. drawings. Yeah. This, I, I, this is a terrible Yoda impression. Yeah, this is why it's smarter to get other people to help. Yes, you. <laughs> yes, and I feel like if I do a couple and get some fans some exposure, maybe I can start reaching out to others to try for collaborate. Um, yeah. we'll see what happens. And because I, I mean, I'm also juggling the reviews and every now and then a Wario, but uh, Spacious is the real passion project of the three. Um, but this is. God, this has been quite an episode. Um, yes. We're bringing it to a close. We talked a lot about, about a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff. Um, so our next episode, we've actually planned out the next three, I guess. Uh, would you? Do you want me to say what all three are or just the next one? You choose. You do the next one. We'll uh, leave the next uh, – we'll leave yes. the, the preceding two. Yeah. We'll do, they're going to be fun ones. But uh, the, the, our next one, we're hoping to ha- have another guest. Uh, I've been talking to them. Uh, it'll be a first-time guest. Uh, I've been talking to them. We're trying to narrow down a date. And he gave me some very good suggestions, and I talked with you, and we are going to – we settled on – we're going to do a general retrospective on the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, Our manliest podcast ever. Awesome. Yeah, the reboot. Awesome. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait. I don't think we're going to talk about the reboot that much. It's probably oh. going to be like the show and maybe the movie and stuff. Uh, but it will be fun to talk about because that was one of the defining shows of my uh, – early teenage years uh i will say right now you can expect to help me, me talk about how worried my mom was that i love this show uh well yeah my dad was pretty worried that i liked john is this like door the explorer why are you watching this don't judge me mom i want i want to tell her he mean tell her mom it could be worse i could be a brony now oh oh well there's not ro- nothing wrong with that it not automatically but you get what i'm saying she would be worried yes. even if it was a casual brony yeah She's worried. I think I'm sure she's worried about me enough. Like John, stop loving Mario so much. Jeez. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think my mom was not uh, expecting me to have some pictures of My Little Pony in my old apartment, and I was like, I like, I like the look of the show. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a talk for another day, I think. So, yeah, Powerpuff Girls next week. Then two other really interesting topics in the week after. But for now, I am John Flurry, and I'm Christopher Wade, and we wish you good night. Catch you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye.